0: Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature is morally bankrupt. It is because God's wrath is real
1: that
2: His mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of their meaning.
0: It's time for Wretched Radio. With Tom Frio. Hello and
3: welcome to Witness Wednesday. Let's go to UGA and see if we can find a segue. You're going to meet Alex. He's studying psychology. How do you take a simple question about somebody's academic studies and segue into the gospel? Alex, you are studying to be a A psychologist. Cool. So, do you think that human beings? Are there brains or
4: are we something else? You're asking if the mind and brain are separate. Uh, that's hard because you can pinpoint every action or every emotion you have to a certain function in the brain. So you're asking if the, if, I have, if there's something else than that, if there's like a soul or something, uh, you can't prove it. Uh, I'm not going to deny it because that would be ignorant of me because I don't have all the information, but I can't can't say that we do there is something else for sure but you know i don't know
3: that's that's fair fair enough all right you mentioned that there's an emotional center where do you think that emotions the whole concept of emotions feeling that whole thing that's kind of invisible we definitely have it where did that come from
4: uh i think it's an evolutionary thing it was developed through time and uh Like I said, you can point like when you have emotions, uh, certain parts of the brain light up and uh, are really functional during those times. So I think emotion is more of a physical thing. And when did that start and why? I mean, I'm not an expert, but my guess would be like when we stopped just hunting and gathering and we had more time to think about emotions, think about love and all that. Maybe that time in over evolution, we started having more room in our brain for emotions and all that because we didn't need to hunt all the time or we weren't fighting for survival every day. But that still begs the question.
3: I might have a lot of free time, but how would I think about something that doesn't exist? Uh,
4: it's true. I think it just, it's created the revolution. I think like, I don't know when exactly it started. Uh, I don't know. Like if we uh, started out when we, when we became emotional creatures when we hopped from survivalist animals to, to having emotion, all that, I don't know when. Would you agree with me
3: that if I had a club in my hand and I went over and I said, I'm going to beat that woman in the peach-colored sweater with a club, would you tell me I'm wrong to do that?
4: Yeah, you're wrong, but that's a moral thing, and moral things are based on society. We We, we as a society decide what is moral and what is not. Uh, If you do something bad, it's because society thinks it's bad and they will look at you negatively if you do that.
3: So you and I jump onto an airplane and we fly to the island of Boingo Boingo and we get out, we check into our hotel. We're reading through the Welcome to Boingo Boingo literature, and it says that they're going to have a beating women in peach sweaters with a club festival because their culture has decided it's a good thing. Would you be willing to tell them it's wrong? because they've determined culturally, it's a good thing.
4: Well, in the position I was in, I would not because I would not want to be murdered as well. I would definitely think it was still wrong, but.
3: You see see my point though, just because a culture says it is or isn't, there's still something that tells us there are certain things that are just plain wrong and certain things that are nice. Where did that come from? From an evolutionary standpoint, isn't it actually a good thing if I take out weaker people so that I can go for survival of the fittest? Wouldn't that be an extension of Darwinian evolution?
4: Yeah. I mean, but it's also based on how you're raised. If you're raised on an island where they said, you know, murdering people was okay, you're going to grow up thinking murdering people was okay, uh, regardless of evolution or not. And same vice versa, I was growing up in America and murdering people is wrong. And I've grown up to think that and I know that to be true to myself and to the standards of society that I live
3: in. And But you, you said you know it to be true regardless really of what culture says. I'm going a step further, Alex. I'm working with your worldview. The natural extension of it is not kindness. It really should be cruelty and our hospitals are actually not the fruit of darwinian evolution because we should be letting the weak die let the useless feeders die off so that the stronger ones can survive wouldn't a hospital stand in contradiction to evolutionary science
4: yeah but also in evolution we're supposed to uh support our own you know and make sure that line keeps going so it is natural for us to help each other out you know to keep the human line going why isn't survival of the fittest at the core of evolution so so our species can survive you know we we help each other out so we can keep surviving and our species will evolve into something greater eventually but i'm just wondering though if your evolutionary worldview
3: provides rationale and an explanation for that
4: Oh, of why? No, no. It doesn't say the why. I don't know why we're here or why we want to keep going, but it's just a natural thing. And, and sometimes we don't know why. Evolution doesn't solve all the problems. There's a lot of holes in evolution, but it doesn't mean it's not true. Here's what I think.
3: I think there's a creator because I look around and I go, look, these buildings didn't make themselves. And your left eyeball is more intricate than that entire building and all of the wiring in it. So I conclude, I didn't see anybody make that building, but I know there's a builder because there's a building. So I know there's an eye maker because your eye is intricately designed. So I intuit God exists. Furthermore, I have a conscience. I've got that little courtroom in my brain that says I've done bad things, I've got guilt, I've got shame, I've got regrets. I look around at the world and I see justice, that we have a sense inside of us that doing beating up women with a club is a bad thing. Stealing somebody's stuff, it's bad. My conscience informs me I'm wrong. I have a sense that there is justice because I see the court systems, I see police arresting bad guys, them being punished for their crimes. And I start to think about all of these things And if I put them together, what I conclude is there is a creator. He's got to be just because I have a sense of right and wrong. I've got emotions and feelings because this creator does. I can communicate because my maker does. I have a sense of justice because God himself is just. And I think that the Christian worldview harmonizes all of those things, has an explanation for why we're here And what's going to happen to us when we die? So here's the summation. Alex, I think God is the creator, and he is holy, righteous, and just. And he's appointed a day where he's going to call everybody into the courtroom of his justice system. And he's going to open up the books. And he's going to see everything that we've done because he's seen everything that we've done. He's heard everything that we've said. He knows every deed that we've done in darkness. He knows how we failed to be good and kind when we should. He knows when we've been cruel. He knows when we've stolen or lied or lusted or looked at pornography. And God is going to render a verdict on us. And if we're honest with ourselves, we realize that, guilt, that courtroom in our brain says we're guilty. And if God slams his gavel of justice and finds us guilty, we're going to go to a very bad place where lawbreakers go. It's a place called hell. That's what I think explains everything. But if I ended the story right there, it would be very bleak. And I would want to become a nihilist very quickly because that is not a hopeful worldview. But God is rich in mercy, and he's good, and he's loving, and he's forgiving. But there's some tension in this scenario. God is just. He's got to punish lawbreakers. But he desires to forgive guilty criminals. So God, he predetermined a plan where he could be just and the justifier of those who are guilty. Here's what he did. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the perfect life you and I could not live. He was murdered. God was, if you will, pouring out his wrath on his son as a payment For your fines, for your crimes against God, Jesus paid the fine. He died, he rose again, and he is prepared to forgive sinners. God is just, he desires to forgive people, but he can't just let guilty criminals off the hook. So he satisfies justice through the payment of his son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I can be forgiven, our conscience can be cleansed, no more guilt, no more shame, no more remorse, and now I know what's gonna happen to me when I die. I'm going to heaven and not to hell because Jesus paid my fine. That is the worldview that I think explains all of it. There's beauty because God has determined what is beautiful. There's evil, we know that because God is just, and we know that anything that is not like God is a bad thing. So I think the Christian worldview explains all of those things that we were talking about, including having a purpose for your life. You could now live for God, the highest pursuit that anybody can. You can go on to be whatever you want in your profession, but you do it striving to be obedient to God because he died to save you a sinner. That's the Christian worldview, all right? My question for you, Alex, is that worldview true or false?
4: I don't think it's true because I think any worldview that claims to have all the solutions is, is not a correct worldview because we don't have all the solutions. I, I, know, I know that for a fact, and I think it's okay to admit that we don't know some things.
3: If I understood that correctly, Alex is saying that we can absolutely definitely know for a fact there's nothing to be known for Certain this is Wretched Radio.
1: Hey, thank you so much for being here at Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you who take time to tune in and listen on a daily basis. And we also appreciate each and every one of you who are gospel partners. You can partner with Wretched right now to save the lost. As a matter of fact, the more you give, the more we're always able to give away. Wretched relies on the kindness and generosity of God's people just like you. We're members in good standing of the ECFA. In other words, we can't wait Your money, even if we wanted to, which we don't and never would. Get all the information right now on becoming a gospel partner at wretched.org/slash/donate. Your faithful and consistent support will help Wretched reach millions of people all around the world. Eighty-three percent of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. You can give either at wretched.org/slash/donate or you can text the word Wretched to 44321. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel.
3: Here's a pre-born story that starts out a little on the bitter side but ends up being very sweet. Neighborhood pastor's daughter ends up pregnant and she was very abortion-minded, not wanting to face the consequences of her indiscretion. When she met her baby on the ultrasound, she just wept uncontrollably. couldn't do it. That baby's alive today because an ultrasound was underwritten for a girl. And otherwise, even though she was a Christian, saw abortion is the easy answer. That is the power of an ultrasound. When a woman in crisis sees her baby, 80% of the time she chooses life for just $28, you could provide one of those ultrasounds. But I would ask you, how many ultrasounds might you be able to provide? The more ultrasounds, the more saved babies. Please consider what you can do at preborn.org slash wretched, slash wretched
1: what's the one question you think we get the most here at Wretched? It's why do you guys do what you do? And we thought the best person to answer that question was you.
4: Wretched Radio is just really brought me closer. God, Wretched has changed my life. Wretched Radio, you all have done a great job at really bringing joy into our lives.
1: Our goals have always been to preach the gospel, to equip people to preach the gospel, and to strengthen the local church. And when we hear testimonies from real people just like you, we are encouraged.
5: My life will never be the same because of you guys. Through your video, God saved
2: me. Wretched Radio, you encouraged me to walk
1: with the Lord. And we know we would never be able to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel if it weren't for the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and reach millions of people with the gospel? Just log on to Wretched.org slash donate to get all of the information you could ever want to know about becoming a gospel partner. That's Wretched.org slash donate.
0: Books of the Bible. 2 Timothy is Paul's last letter before his execution. He encourages Timothy to persevere amid suffering. Paul had suffered for the sake of the gospel, but he also knew the beauty and power of the gospel. He charges Timothy to cling to and preach the gospel. When you face opposition, do not fear or be ashamed, but trust God and rely on his word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
3: The hardest part of a witness encounter? The segue. This is Wretched Radio having a conversation with somebody in the realm of the natural, segueing to the spiritual. It can be Kind of challenging. Let's go back out to UGA and see if we can cross the bridge from the natural realm into the spiritual realm via a T-shirt. Forties and shorties. You want to explain that shirt? Well, basically why I got this shirt is because I like
5: the colors and forties and shorties. It just kind of reminds me of the good time, summertime, you know what I'm saying?
3: Fun pool party type vibes, something like that. Man, you're being coy. All right. So what is this that's laying on top of it? Across. Why are you wearing that? Well, the reason why I'm wearing
5: this particular one because I got it as a graduation gift from my grandparents when they came back from Ethiopia, which is where they're from. And we're Orthodox Christians, so that's a part of our religion.
3: Tell me Eastern Orthodoxy. What are the basic teachings of that faith?
5: I learned a lot more about it when I went back to Ethiopia to the original. I was able to go to the original Orthodox church that they had. It's same as like basic Christian values. It's just a lot more strict. Like they do
3: fast. It's a lot closer to God. So if I asked you, I want to become an Ethiopian Orthodox Christian. Why should I do that?
5: Because it's, they're not real judgmental and things like that. It's very open to me the religion and things like that, and it's very welcoming. Like, every time I've been to church, I never felt like I was judged or anything like that. I think it's a very relaxed religion, but it has a lot of good, found. it has a strong foundation and a lot of strong values, and it has a very strong history, in my opinion. As a part, part of Ethiopian Orthodoxy, what does this cross symbolize? It just symbolizes your faith, basically, that like I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in it, so I'm really representing it. Why a cross, as opposed to
3: uh, a church building hanging from your neck?
5: Because the cross, it represents
3: Christ, in my opinion. I guess that's why we wear it. All right, and what does the cross do, or what does it accomplish, what's the point of the cross? Well,
5: when I see a cross, I just basically think of God, and whatever, what all he done for us. So
3: if I want to go to heaven, what do I need to do to be saved, according to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church? I mean, I don't. I guess don't commit any of these sins. <laughs>
5: well,
3: that's a problem, cause I have. Now, what do I do? You probably want to
5: go get saved and repent your sins. I think that's what it's called. Okay, why do I want to do that? Hey, if you want to get accepted into those doors, I think that's a part of the guidelines. All right, you're gonna have to explain that. I don't know the real vocabulary behind it, cause I'm not a very average. Like, I don't go to church every Sunday. So I can't tell you really textbook sayings
3: about it. I'm just telling you based off of what I've been passed down. So in order for me to go to heaven, I need to, what did you say, repent? Yeah, save yourself. What, what
5: how do I save myself? Basically come forward to God as a sinner. Basically tell him, we'll be open to him about the things you've done, and he might accept you back, I guess, in that way. So you calling me a sinner? You called yourself a sinner, man. You say, if you make a sin, you're a sinner. <laughs> Are you a sinner? No, I,
3: I try not to sin. I'm on the right path so far. Okay, I am now really skeptical. You're telling me you've I never know, sinned.
5: I know you see a good looking guy like me, man. You just hard to believe.
3: But hey, is cursing really sinning if you curse? Well, how's about taking the Lord's name in vain? Mm-hmm. Have you ever broken that commandment? Probably once or twice when I was younger, but. What's the exp- and what's the expiration date on criminality? If you did it 20 years ago or two minutes ago, you still did it, right? Yeah, but that's a light. It's like a light. I didn't rob or kill anybody. What? Hold on We'll get to that. Wait a second. So you're telling me that God, the creator of the universe... We can just use his name like a four-letter filth word. Oh, no, 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 I didn't say that.
5: I didn't say it was right. I just said I did it before, and I didn't think it was, I didn't do anything worse than
3: that. That's like, that's when I was younger. Uh-huh. And you've never stolen anything. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't like thieves. You've never taken anything that didn't belong to you? No, no, no. Downloading music? Uh-uh. I look like I still.
5: I have Apple Music. I stream all the music for free because I pay my
3: subscription. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I probably need to update my illustrations. Okay, what about your pencil from somebody at school? No, no, no. I borrow it and hand it right back. Some coins from your parents' dresser. No. How many lies have you told in your life? I don't know. It's hard to count. A
5: lot? I mean, when you're little, everybody tells little white lies and things like that. like Stuff to your parents. Like, did you do your homework? We're like, yeah. I didn't do it yet, but I did it. Like am like
3: well, I don't know why it's white or orange or purple, but that's a lie. <laughs> now, how do I know if you're telling me the truth about stealing now that I know you're a liar? I mean, hey, you're just going
5: to have to base the judgment off like whatever your perception is. All right. So. You control what you think
3: of me. In all seriousness, you and I have broken the commandments, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So if God is just and he judges you and me when we die, what's he going to do with two people like you and me who have broken his laws?
5: Well, hopefully when me and you go to that door, it's somebody worse than us. And he's just like, oh, OK, I'm going to accept you and I'll let them go down there. That's
3: that's probably what everybody in prison says. Right. Look, I'm not as bad as the dude on death row. And then the dude on death row goes, look, I'm no Adolf Hitler. And Adolf Hitler goes, what do you think I am, Genghis Khan? Everybody thinks they're better compared to somebody. But that's not the issue for criminals. You break the law, you do the time. Fair enough? Yeah. So if you and I have broken the laws, don't we need to do the time? I mean, I believe it's
5: circumstances to each one. I I don't think you should go to hell just for saying you didn't brush your teeth or something like that, lying about something like that. Do you think you should go to the breaking any like it should be some
3: circumstances right it should be like levels right all right i agree with the levels part but i want you to track with me all right if i tell a lie to my son do you know what's going to happen to me no what's going to happen nothing let's say i tell a lie to my wife do you know where i'm going to be sleeping tonight on the couch Uh if i tell a lie to my boss what do you think is gonna happen? Am I gonna get a raise or might I get fired? I mean, it depends if he finds out or not. All right, he finds out. Oh yeah, you might get fired, it depends. Just, everything
5: depends on the circumstances. Just keep
3: tracking with me. I'm going in a different direction, but keep following me. you the way this
5: is gonna end up. Uh,
3: well, that's a good thing, all right? Now let's say I tell a lie to the government. I just, I tell a lie. I could go to jail. Now, just track with me for a moment. I tell a lie to my son, nothing. Tell a lie to my wife, I'm sleeping on the couch. Tell a lie to my boss, I get fired. I tell a lie to the government, I go to jail. What changed? I committed the same crime each time, but I received a greater punishment. What changed in that scenario? The circumstances. The one against whom I committed the crime. Mm -hmm. So if I tell a little white lie to my son, Not such a big deal, but it increases in its punishment. God is way higher than all of those entities. So you and I can see it like little white lies or boo-boos or oopses or boys will be boys. Not the way God sees it. He sees them as high-handed crimes. And because our sins are committed against him who is infinite and holy and eternal, the punishment for our sins, even telling a lie is eternal consciousness. Torment. That's bad news. So, if you lie to anybody, that's the consequence? Well, here's what the Bible says all liars will have their part in a lake of fire because when you break a law, you're a lawbreaker. Think about a piece of glass, and I wrote the numbers one through ten on it. You took a rock and you threw it through just one of the numbers. What's going to happen to the glass? The whole thing. You, you break one law, you're a lawbreaker. And our crimes have been committed against the highest being there is. That's why the punishment is so awful. It's not necessarily the nature of our crimes per se. It's the one against whom we've committed the crimes. That's what makes them a big deal. All right, now this is important. You and I are guilty criminals. You and I should go to hell. What did God do so that sinners could be forgiven? He died for all of our sins. On that cross. That's the message of the cross. The message of the cross is twofold. You're a sinner. You need somebody to be your substitute. You need a sacrifice. It also says that God is good and he's rich in mercy. He hates sin, but he loves us anyway. And he died so that your court case could be dismissed. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that all of your sins can be forgiven. That's why that symbol is so important. But the question is, how do you get forgiven by God? What would you say to that? I mean, I think,
5: don't you just get saved? I thought that's what everybody does to get forgiven by God. Or come. I know. I just remember in
3: church, they used to say you have to come to him as a sinner. Uh, remember, I, I agree. What does that mean? I don't know. I just heard them say it. All right. Well, repent is a word that means you you change your mind, you turn, you turn from your sins, you repent of your sins, you apologize for your sins, you commit to not committing those sins again. Now it doesn't mean you become perfect, but you don't desire those things anymore. And you put your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. And God says, I'll wipe your slate clean and I'll credit you with all the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So you can be seen not only as a forgiven criminal, but as the righteousness of God. You give Jesus your rap sheet, he gives you his resume. You can be adopted into God's family as his beloved son because of what Jesus Christ did on a cross 2,000 years ago. So here's my last question. Have you repented and put your faith in Jesus Christ? Yes. So when we die, you and I are going to heaven because of Jesus Christ. I mean, I can't speak for you, but I know I'm going to heaven. I don't know what you did.
5: Okay. Why are you going to heaven? Because I'm open with God and he knows everything I do. And if I make a sin, I'm gonna come talk to him about it. All
3: right. How's about you can go to heaven because Jesus Christ forgives you and saves you? How's that? Yeah, that's too. All right. Hey, you're a gentleman, and I'm glad you talked to me today. Thank you for your time. Yeah. All right, sir. Thank you. Did you hear anything beneficial? Take it. Hear anything you didn't like? Lose it. <laughs> but whatever you do, find somebody to witness to. This is Wretched Radio.
1: This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Oh, America's favorite racist mayor, Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, is making headlines. And this time, she's looking for violence. Obviously triggered, like the majority of the left, over the Lake Supreme Court draft document, Lightfoot, a lesbian, called for a call to arms on Monday, tweeting, quote, To all my friends in the LGBTQ community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms and we will not surrender our rights without a fight. Isn't this suggesting a insurrection? Also, it's pretty rich coming from a woman that basically said citizens of Chicago had no rights during COVID. But if you threaten her lifestyle, whoa, buddy, here comes the anarchy. Well, the government across the pond is introducing legislation that will ban conversion therapy. Recently, Prince Charles talked about the government's intention to protect the people's freedom to love who they want. (laughs) I guess unless you're actually in the royal family. But I digress. Plans were first outlined to ban conversion therapy in 2018, but it wasn't until last year that the government committed. A spokesperson said, quote, The government has a proud record of LGBT rights. A record of LGBT rights, sure. A proud record? Guess that depends on who you ask. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed legislation requiring public schools to observe a Victims of Communism Day. Every year on November the 7th, schools will be mandated to instruct students on the horrors of communism while they'll learn about all of the evils and dictators who have led the regimes. Obviously, that's a great move. Well, the wokest big-box retail giant of them all, Target, is celebrating June's Pride Month in a very safe way for trans kids. You know, that was an odd sentence to say, but it's only going to get worse. Target has announced plans to sell specialty garments. A collection from Tomboy X will feature undergarments like chest binders and packing underwear, and a line from Humankind will focus on swimsuits that can be worn by both genders. Oh, neat. I mean, gender-affirming swimsuits are so hard to find. Thank you, Target. This is going to make trans kids feel so empowered. Now, you know, if anyone knows about unity, it's the Christian, right? I mean, we're called to unity in the body. That's why I think you'll find this next story as weirdly ironic as I did. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said on Monday that the president can still deliver on his promise of unity, despite the comments he makes labeling Republicans as MAGA or ultra MAGA.
2: Well, the president's view is you can do both.
1: So you can continue to be divisive, but say you desire unity. I don't think they understand what real unity is. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks.
0: Know Your Reformers Ulrich Zwingli was a Swiss reformer who pioneered expository preaching, introduced the regulative principle and brought a republican government to Switzerland. He fought against the Roman Catholic Church for theological and political independence and died in battle. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
3: Prepare to meet a woman who is uniquely identical to everyone else. What are you talking about? This is Wretched Radio. It is oh so common these days for the unbelieving world to be syncretistic. I'll take a little bit of this worldview. I'll take a dollop of that worldview. I'll put it into one dish. Voila, it is my unique worldview. That is so common these days. And so every single person who is an atheist has a uniquely ...identical worldview. What makes it identical is... ...it's syncretistic. What makes it unique is... ...everybody's concoction is different from everybody else's. And that is true... ...with Julia... ...the Roman Catholic nihilist. (laughs) There's a combo platter for you. What I appreciated the most about this young lady... ...is that she was not being consistent with her worldview. I believe that the nihilistic worldview... There is nothing, there's no purpose, there's no reality, there's no truth. There is nothing that we can cling to as being absolute. That is the natural, I think, honest conclusion of atheism. And it is a super bleak worldview, and yet Julia was quite pleasant which I appreciated. So she wasn't consistent with her worldview. She wasn't really believing it. She was ascribing to it, but she was demonstrating she wasn't living it. And we should be grateful for that. Sadly, however, I do believe this worldview of smashing together everything as your own valid truth because there is absolutely no truth, it does lead to a depressed, nihilistic worldview. And I think you will hear that coming out of Julia. Because if she really thinks this through, she'll recognize that her feet are firmly planted in midair, And she is living a life that is so conflicting. Increasingly, I am persuaded this is a key component in the suicide and depression rates that we see in university students these days. And you are going to hear that. Prepare to meet Julia, the Roman Catholic nihilist who can't even tell me clubbing small children to death is wrong. Now, think about that for a moment. Put yourself in her Birkenstocks for a moment. How would you feel? about being forced to say that clubbing a small children could be okay in some society because you have been told by academia there is no truth because intuitively you know that's just not right no time no place no circumstance could that possibly be correct and yet i have to tell somebody who asks me about it no i can't tell you that that's absolutely true imagine the consternation you are going to hear that clearly in julia the nihilist. I want to go to a different part of your brain. Okay. Okay. I want to go to the area of your conscience. Now, you and I, mm-hmm. we were talking before. Yes. We're talking now. How many times have you brought up religion?
2: Probably a good bit, but that is because I've at
3: least qualms. a dozen.
2: That's because I have my qualms with the religion.
3: That's <laughs> how many times have I brought up religion? None. I'm going to now. All right. I am now going to try a religious conversation addressing your conscience, not your intellect center, not your frontal lobe. I want to get to that courtroom in your brain and see what this elicits from you. All right. Morality laws. Let's just say, because we've got absolute morality, like murder, we agree that's wrong. Rape, it's wrong. Lying, it's wrong. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. Have you ever lied? Yes. So, so you've done something that's wrong.
2: But who's to say it's wrong?
3: I'm, I'm, I, I think your conscience tells you it's wrong, right?
2: I. Again, this is the whole thing with being slightly nihilist. I don't claim I'm a full nihilist, um, but...
3: I know, but now you're getting into that reason and logic part. I'm, I'm ripping... I'm pulling the microphone. I told you I was going to pull the microphone away, didn't I? (laughs) Yes. All right. Because I want to stick with your conscience. All right. right. Hating somebody, being angry at somebody. Have you ever felt that way? Like a jerk driver, an idiot on campus?
0: Okay. Uh, So
3: not a nice thing, right? Okay. What about desiring things that don't belong to you? Like that guy has that, but I should have it. I want that instead.
2: (laughs) um I actually have that camera but
3: (laughs) (laughs) all right so you don't want that camera but you know what the word is coveting
2: no I understand and I know you're talking about all the 10 commandments right now
3: good on you Catholic
2: very good (laughs) I didn't lose everything that I was taught in school but I mean again I know you're trying to avoid the logic but who am I to say what is right and wrong? Who am I to tell others what is right and wrong? I may have my own beliefs about what is right and wrong and it may not line up with yours. Yeah. That is just how I see it. Okay.
3: okay. The, the question though, is what realm are you addressing? If we're talking about going to Dairy Queen, you think the chocolate cone is better. I like the one with the crunchy things on mm-hmm. top and I say that's better. Yeah. Those are preference issues, yeah. but there are areas of, of thinking, that are either true or false, clubbing a small child to death, we can agree that's wrong, right?
2: I mean, I don't agree with doing that, but I can't objectively say that's wrong.
3: Really? Isn't it? Oh, Julia, Julia, honestly. I I know, but isn't this, I know the the nihilism, you don't (laughs) want the objective truth, but isn't there something inside of you that goes, okay, that's just always wrong, no matter where you are
2: that i believe is due to empathy and how we've evolved to have a greater sense of empathy in the past but if you also look at groups like isis and whatnot what they're doing they believe it's right is it i can't answer to that yes you can i don't agree with it i don't have to agree with something for it to be what's right for someone else
3: Flying an airplane into a building while people are still drinking their Starbucks in the morning. Come on. I mean, we can say that's wrong. I know you're just trying to get me tongue twisted because you don't want I'm to let- not. I'm pleading with you to let that thing inside of you that realizes there is just some stuff that's bad.
2: I could say yes, but again that's my opinion, so it's objective.
3: I want to take you now to the courtroom of God's justice. Okay. Bible quote for you, first one. Mm-hmm. It is appointed unto man once to die, mm-hmm. and then judgment. Bible says we die, mm-hmm. we stand before God who's a righteous, yeah. holy judge. And he and he opens up those 10 commandments on you, mm-hmm. and he's been an eyewitness to everything you've done, said, thought, the books cannot be fudged. He knows it all. Would God find you, Julia, innocent or guilty of
2: keeping the laws? I would say innocent of some, but guilty of others. Um, I try to be the best person that I personally believe I can be and what I believe is good. Um, but everyone has their like wrongdoings, that's for sure. Um, but to them, it, Maybe right like again I'm just I'm gonna keep circling back to this
3: but no let me just to, to like maybe bring some clarity to it okay. imagine the police came put you in handcuffs because they had all the video of you speeding constantly on the freeway okay <laughs> okay they bring you into the courtroom mm-hmm. and the judge says look the speed sign was posted right there you knew that it was 55 there you are doing 90 again we've got the videotape you are guilty would you say well, that's just your subjective opinion, sir.
2: It, you could, but... It, and then,
3: but you'd go to jail. Yeah,
2: because in this case, it is a law written by humans, and so you kind of need to follow this because it's for other safeties. And yes, that's the same thing with a lot of morality. I understand that. Yeah. Right. But,
3: but now we're, I think we might be getting someplace. <laughs> the whole idea of truth and morality... The only reason that you're speeding when you're driving on the freeway is Mm -hmm. because the authority has said, you will go this fast and no faster. Mm -hmm. If there were no signs, you can drive as fast as you want to, right?
2: You could, yes. Um,
3: So it takes an authority to make the proclamation, this is what is legal, this is what is illegal. I agree with you. If there were no objective authority, Mm -hmm. this is all preference and we should eat, drink and be merry because we're just gonna die and become worm food. Yeah. But God, the creator, which we intuitively know exists, we look at the creation, we conclude there's a creator, we've got a conscience that tells us I've done wrong and that I'm guilty and that death might not be the best thing for me because I might have to deal with the consequences of my behavior the objective judge has determined lying, stealing, cheating, sexism, racism, wrong, wrong, wrong. He's the one who makes things right and wrong and we either adhere to his standard or we don't.
2: Um, it's, it's just the problem is all of this is a matter of opinion and perception.
3: Well, I, I, that, that, that's why I'm trying to avoid the logic and reason with you a little bit. My, my earnest question is, Julia, let's just say we see courts, we see police, we see laws, we see justice. I would tell you those ideas come from outside of us. God is just. He has laws and he has a courtroom and he's going to deal with criminals. And there's something inside of us that goes, you know what, I'm a guilty criminal. Time out right there. Julia, the Roman Catholic nihilist, her worldview, it is as thick as a dense fog. Adrian Barbeau wouldn't want to walk into that fog. How do you clear it? How do you get through a syncretistic worldview that is bleak indeed, that won't even allow you to say clubbing small children is always wrong in all times, all places? How do you do that? Next on Wretched Radio. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared Bible.
1: Transformed, our latest production is available now in the Wretched Store or by visiting transformed.org. This show is like nothing else on Christian TV. You'll witness real biblical counseling sessions with real people dealing with real issues like anxiety, OCD, depression, phobias, and trauma. What you won't see is a secular therapy session or even a Christian counseling session which still uses secular psychology. No, you are going to witness the power of the Bible Work right before your eyes Real people with real problems Being offered real solutions Hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling At The Masters University And Dr. Dale Johnson The Executive Director of the Association Of Certified Biblical Counselors Transformed Where you'll witness biblical counseling As it takes people from brokenness To wholeness Visit transformed.org The situation in
3: Ukraine appears to be a long and winding and rather scary road. Tomorrow clubs are still in Ukraine. There are still club leaders there. There are still Christians who are willing to help other Christians with the very basic necessities of life. Would you have the ability to help some of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine to simply receive the bare necessities? I know that Cindy Marty is extremely grateful for your support. There just
2: are really no words to describe the gratitude that we have. Believe me, the children and families in Ukraine are so grateful. Thank you so much for your prayers and support.
3: Tomorrow Club's still alive and well, but dealing with the dangers of ukraine if you think that you could support some believers there please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched
0: important dates in christian history 1830 charles finney's urban revivals begin and introduce techniques that decisively affect later mass evangelism in america Finney's innovations included the anxious bench, a forerunner to auto calls and the use of emotional manipulation to elicit a decision for Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
3: No wonder why the kids are depressed. This is Wretched Radio. Going to conclude my conversation with Julia, the Roman Catholic nihilist who couldn't tell me beating a small child to death with a club is always wrong at all times, in all places. Why? Because academia, postmodernism has told her there is no valid truth, and yet there's something deep inside of her that says, oh, yes, there is. No wonder why the kids are so confused, lost, and depressed. How do you? You cut through that fog you use the power of the equipment, equipment that God has provided for you the sword of the word leave the realm of academia and head to the hills into the realm of the conscience I want to go back to your Roman Catholicism okay. humor me for a moment let's just say you're standing before God mm-hmm. you are a guilty criminal and he's about to slam the gavel and sentence you eternally to heaven or to hell Mm -hmm. as a roman catholic what you learned i know you don't believe it but what you learned what would you use to get out of it
2: um i mean confession like uh admitting to your sins asking for forgiveness and then the word for your uh, penance i mean that's to do stuff yeah
3: but let's let's say it's it's too late it's sentencing day
2: then oops you're going to hell
3: (laughs) so is there i want to give you time on this is there anything from your roman catholic background that would cause you to go wait a second it doesn't have to be that way
2: um not that i recall
3: it's fair enough okay let me try this you brought up some things that you might say is a criminal could get you up judge i've done some good things A judge goes, well, I'm I'm glad you did, but it has nothing to do with your guilt. You could say, judge, I'm sorry. And he's going to say, you should be sorry, but that doesn't get you off the hook. So if we can't do those things with an earthly judge... But, it doesn't seem we can do it with the heavenly judge.
2: But with an earthly judge, some people just get probation. Some have community service. There is that. It's still a form of penance.
3: Sure, I, I I under I understand. There's there's varying crimes and situations. But let's say you know, somebody who's broken law after law after law, the judge goes, "That's it. You're getting sentenced. You're guilty. You must pay the fine, and off you go." Wouldn't that be the case with God, unless there's something you remember from the Roman Catholic Church or the Bible that would provide a provision for you? Anything?
2: One could say not committing it in the first place.
3: Sure, being innocent. Yeah. Being perfect. (laughs) But we've already concluded that's not the case, is it?
2: No, it's not. All right.
3: All right, so here's what I think the Bible says. Mm -hmm. The bad news is you and I, should go to hell, we should, mm-hmm. that's what God should do. If he's yeah. just, look, I've lied more than you have <laughs> stolen. God has a laundry, cause he even gets into the brain. He says, lust mm-hmm. is like adultery of the heart. Yeah. You're mad at somebody, it's like murdering somebody inside, not you know killing yeah. them, but yeah. inside. And he's gonna open up the books. He should condemn us all. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna see if you can finish this thought but God has provided a way for your fine to be paid so that justice can be satisfied and you can be set free as a forgiven criminal. What has God done for you to save you from judgment?
2: Made you pay money like they used to do in the old times of church? No. (laughs) no i mean i'm going back to the like 15 16th century where before uh Mar-
3: martin luther yeah
2: martin luther where they i can't recall the correct term for
3: indulgences
2: yes indulgences where they paid and yeah,
3: yeah. no no that's <laughs> not it no god's not going to be bribed but he has provided a way for you to be forgiven okay when we look at the laws you caught on to that real quick you mm-hmm. you just picked up on that okay the ten commandments that's the bad news the standard to get into heaven is perfection we break the laws, and even if you only broke one, which you don't, it's like, think of a plate of glass, and if there were 10 numbers painted on the yeah. glass, you throw the rock through the number five, the whole thing shatters, because yeah. you just now you're a lawbreaker. Yeah. All right, we're lawbreakers, we deserve God's wrath, but he's rich in mercy, and he's provided a way for your fine to be paid, but not by simply letting you go, because that would make him unjust. Instead, you remember the Trinity? Yeah. Concept, what, is, what is the Trinity?
2: Uh, are you talking about like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit?
3: Exactly. All right. Three persons, one God. The Son, Jesus Christ.
2: Are you talking about, I'm assuming you're maybe trying to go to original sin, and are you trying to go to the point of Jesus dying on the cross to forgive people their original sins?
3: All of their sins.
2: I mean, it's hard. I had a point earlier in my head that I forgot. Okay,
3: but that's that's the good news. See, here's the issue. If God just says, oh, criminals, go ahead, be set free, he's unjust. And that's not what God's character is. So his payment is jesus took the punishment you deserve so that your sins all of them can be forgiven you can be set free you can be made just and god is justified in doing that because jesus satisfied justice that's the gospel what i presented to you julia is either true or false it's not a preference thing i would love it if you would say to me sir you are wrong or you're right But don't say it's just a preference because either Jesus lived, died and rose from the grave to forgive sinners or he didn't.
2: Well, what about Judaism where they believe he's just a disciple or another prophet? I think if anything, that is the most logical way to go about believing in Jesus.
3: But Jesus didn't consider himself just a prophet. So he would differ with those Jewish people and he he battled them all the time to make it clear he was actually God.
2: How do we know that we're going through books that were written years ago and they could have been false, they could have been folk tales, they could have been through the uh, translations of them, translations, they could have been misinterpreted.
3: Here, Let me share with you a field of study you might not be familiar with. It's called textual criticism. (gasps) People take a look in archaeology, they take a look at manuscripts, whether it was Julius Caesar, whether it was the Bible, it doesn't make any difference. Mm -hmm. And they've got standards and criteria for determining how accurate these books are. Now, just give me this for a second, and then I'll give you something. The Bible that we have in our hand is exactly the book that was written 2,000 years ago. That's just, it's it's undeniable. But that doesn't mean it's true. Right? Mm Mm-hmm it's accurate but the question is is it true so here's a thought for you to ponder 500 people claimed they saw jesus christ raised from the dead mm-hmm. and those people were killed for that belief and they never recanted if somebody was pulling a scam mm-hmm. you're going to get somebody to go okay look I, somebody just told me they made it up and I, no okay. don't kill me don't ki-. they were all willing to die because they saw the resurrected savior your proof is found in the Bible with all of the miracles, all of the prophecies and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right, you've been patient. So I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I wanna try to plant a seed because yeah. look, you're a nice young lady and I know you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. You're right, your worldview, it is, it is bleak, all right? Mm. The worldview that I'm describing for you It is hopeful, but not because it just makes you feel good, but because it's true. So I can't twist your arm. (laughs) I can't club you with my microphone because that would be wrong, right? Yes, it would. It would be wrong. But would you at least think about this?
2: Yes, I will. I mean, I, this is a conversation I'm very familiar with that I've had before with friends, so it's not anything new. Right. We discuss it and think about it. And like I said, I have a religious family, so I know how to think from both sides. Yeah. And that's it's dialectic. It's two truths. Like, again, we'll never know which one is the correct truth.
3: My encouragement is two truths that are diametrically opposed can't both be true
2: then what do you have to say about like dbt therapy and those the studies and like a socratic discussion is dialectic it's two truths it's like having your emotional and rational that is all what dbt therapy is it's dialectical behavior therapy so i think two truths can exist together
3: yeah the the studies on dbt aside all right if i believe this is a car in my hand and you mm-hmm. believe it's a microphone. a microphone look one of us is right or mm-hmm. both of us are wrong but we can't both be right Fair enough? Uh,
2: fair enough in that sense, but that is, again, something you can induce. It's complicated. All
3: right. Okay, but I've appealed to your conscience. Yeah. I've a, I've appealed a little bit to your intellect mm-hmm. and to reason and logic. I think that you know God exists because the Bible says that knowledge is just built into you. Mm-hmm. And eternity is written in our hearts. We know there's more to life than this so i'm just trying to stir that up inside of you cause you to think about it and maybe just maybe if your conscience troubles you and you think if i had to face god he must be awfully big because this is a big big universe and i'm going to be in big trouble but jesus was willing to die for me no greater act of love has ever been shown to anybody and he's willing to forgive you Mm -hmm. and save you and adopt you and have you inherit eternal life. It is the greatest offer ever. So if you ever get to that point, that's that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's available to you till you take your last breath. But if you wait, there's no purgatory. You'll face God, and he is the one with whom you must do. So I'd encourage you to do business with him now, rather than waiting until it's too late. Fair enough?
2: Fair enough, but I do not. I probably will not follow that.
3: (laughs) All I can do is share it with you. You have been very kind. And she has been the perfect example of the confusion that is produced from the postmodern syncretistic worldview. Pray for Julia. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.